You are listening to Defunct Games Presents Cyril Reed's Metal Gear. Previously on Cyril Reed's Metal Gear. Justin Haley is on a mission to break into Outer Heaven and rescue the Snake Men. What he doesn't realize is the commanders are lying to him, forcing him on a suicide mission as little more than a diversion for the real mission. Unfazed, Solid Snake makes his way through the deep jungle, battling packs of wild dogs, pissing off a group of monkeys and neutralizing a few guards along the way. Now he's in the base and ready to leap into action. Will he be able to succeed without any weapons or backup? Find out now as we continue our adventure in Cyril Reed's Metal Gear. Chapter 5, Level 1 Hiding in the shadows of one of the empty trucks parked inside the compound, Solid Snake took a long look around. What Haley was looking for was something that would give him an indication of where Metal Gear might be concealed. A hatch leading to an underground silo, maybe. Or a building with a complex that was more remote and more fortified than the rest. But he was handicapped by the fact that nobody in Foxhound Command knew what Metal Gear looked like. Was it something so big it needed a huge protected structure to house it? Or so small that it was only a deadly microchip, computer-triggered, or radio-controlled? A barbed wire fence around a building was no guarantee the Metal Gear was to be found inside. It could be anywhere in Outer Heaven. Even in Colonel Vernon Katafi's shirt pocket. All he had to go on was the name, Metal Gear. Somehow that hinted to Haley that the weapon itself was large and needed a sizable building to itself. Crossing the fields that separated the outside fence from the windowless complex of Outer Heaven, the young Marine captain spotted a door at the base of one of the buildings. Using the keycard, Haley placed it in the slot of the door, face down. He could hear the latch click, and he pushed gingerly at the door. It opened to his touch. He was inside now, on the first level of the first building. He pressed himself against a wall, becoming a shadow, and let his eyes do the talking. There were many doors along the hallway of Building 1, and all of them were guarded. Armed and uniformed terrorists, most of them carrying high-tech automatic weapons, were everywhere. Solid Snake knew that at least at the start he would have to avoid the guards whenever possible. Once he knew his way around, and once he'd located a weapon of his own, he'd be able to fight. For now, though, the only intelligent thing was to remain concealed. But for how long would Haley's concealment be safe or effective? There had to be a surveillance device everywhere on the compound. Haley scanned the walls and ceilings for the telltale red eye of the video camera. But he didn't see one. That could mean the cameras were hidden from view. Or it could mean that the other types of sensors might be operating. Heat seekers or motion detectors, for example, they were common devices, frequently used in security premises. Those would certainly tip off the terrorist leader to the presence of an intruder. But if that were so, 
Wouldn't the patrolling guards confuse the sensors? No. It had to be a hidden video camera, linked to some giant console control board somewhere on the complex. Solid Snake looked around for stairs leading to the upper floors, but he didn't see any. Two elevators, east and west, according to Haley's compass, were all that were available to Solid Snake to get him from the first level to another floor. The elevators were an added risk that posed a real danger for possible entrapment. Also risky were the corridors leading to the elevators. There were three of them. Haley took the one to the left. He found himself facing three doors. He tried his key card on the first door, but it didn't respond. Why not? The slot of the card was there. Why didn't the door open? Unless... For the first time, Solid Snake realized that there might be more than one key card. In fact, now he was certain of it. Each individual card opened only a small designated number of doors and it would take more than one to open all of the doors. How many keys would Justin Haley need to fully penetrate Outer Heaven? Although Justin didn't know it, there were actually eight key cards that, used together, unlocked all of the doors of the compound. It was an elaborate system in which the higher the soldier's rank, the more key cards he was entitled to carry. Only Colonel Vernon Katafi himself carried all eight key cards. His two most trusted terrorist aides were entitled to six each. But the key cards in Solid Snake's possession did manage to trip the second lock and get the second door open. Haley slipped inside the room. It was a small room, little more than a closet, and it smelled bad, like chemicals. The room gave the young Marine a bad feeling, and he wanted out of there. But first, he forced himself to look around. Something was lying on a shelf near the door. Haley grabbed it and ducked back outside. The door clicked shut behind him, locked again. He looked at the thing he was holding in his hand. It was a gas mask. Considering the chemical smell, the gas mask made perfect sense. It was probably used during experimentation in that room. It could be useful, but what Solid Snake really wanted was a weapon. But he decided to keep the gas mask and move down the corridor. The guards were still patrolling, back and forth, up and down. Now they were coming Haley's way, their heavy boots making cadenced footsteps, sounding closer and closer. Hugging the walls, Haley raced off to the opposite direction. To the nearest side of the level one. Quickly, he tried his keycard, which he now thought was keycard one. It worked, the door opened, and Haley was back outside the building before the terrorist guards caught a glimpse of him. Three military trucks were parked just outside the door. They were marked with the same strange insignia of the other vehicles he'd seen outside the compound. Haley ran swiftly towards them, hoping to find them unguarded. He was lucky. No terrorist guards were in sight. Quickly but thoroughly, Justin began to search the trucks. He was looking for something, anything, that could be useful in his mission. Luck was with him. In the left-hand truck, his fingers closed around a familiar something. A pistol grip. 
Justin Haley had to bite his tongue to keep from letting out the excitement of triumph. But his moment of triumph was brief. Haley had found the handgun, a Beretta M92F, a lightweight weapon, yet accurate and deadly. But with it, there was no clip of ammunition. The gun was empty. Still, it was a beginning. Game Hint Get the rocket launcher on the second floor of Building 2. After you have earned the four stars, call Jennifer at frequency 12048. Chapter 6 Freeing the Prisoners Quickly, Solid Snake pocketed the empty Beretta and moved on to the right-hand truck. He avoided going near the truck that was parked in the middle, convinced that it was a trap. He'd noticed a thin, almost invisible wire snaking from under the truck's chassis, and rightly presumed that there was a detonator somewhere and explosives in the truck. But maybe the truck on the right had some clips of ammo stashed in it to use with the gun. He searched it carefully, but it yielded up nothing in the way of bullets. It did have a special steel pocket hidden in the door of the cab. Using all of his strength, Haley forced it open found some anti-tank mines. Good. These might come in handy. Haley added the mines to the small but growing arsenal that he was beginning to put together. With the mines and the Beretta, Haley made his way back across the compound and used the keycard to get back inside of Building 1. Peering around the corner, Haley could see the guards approaching. He was close to the east elevator. It was his only chance. He dashed quickly to it and used his key card to get the door open. The guards passed an instant after the elevator door closed. They saw nothing. Haley pressed the elevator button for the third floor. He decided to try the process systematically from the top floor down. But when the door opened, Solid Snake caught a glimpse of something familiar. Little red eyes. There were infrared sensor cameras on the third floor. Unblinking, all-seeing, little red eyes. The young marine captain had to keep tight up against the walls to avoid the surveillance lenses. He figured that the entire complex must be monitored, some parts with cameras, others with heat-sensing or motion-sensing devices. How long would he be able to escape detection? Justin Haley suspected that the evil Colonel Katafi was using part of Building 1 as prison cells for the snake men he'd already captured. It was part of Haley's mission to set them free, but Commander South had warned Solid Snake that perhaps some of the snake men had turned double agent and shouldn't be trusted. Haley found that hard to believe. The men in his squad had all been courageous, highly trained, loyal, and patriotic. The Snake Men were the best, hand-picked. Their special forces training was the toughest in the world. Only the handful that came out in one piece were allowed to call themselves Snake Men. How could they change? What kind of torture could even a fiend like Colonel Katafi devise that would make the Snake Men betray their commander, his squad, and his own country? Because Solid Snake still only had one keycard, he could only go through the doors it opened. The first few doors he tried failed to respond to the card. But the fourth door opened when the key card was inserted. In the center of the room, a prisoner was tied in a chair, 
moaning, nearly unconscious. The prisoner was Chuck Robinson, a snake man, a good friend. Haley should have stopped in the doorway to assess the situation for potentially lethal booby traps or explosives. All his training had prepared him to be cautious above everything else. But he couldn't help it. When he saw Chuck in that chair, he ran forward to his buddy's side. Chuck! Chuck, it's me! Haley! The man stirred and raised his head a little. Solid Snake? Justin, is, is that you? It's me, good buddy. Let, let me get these ropes off of you. They think you can stand up? Oh, I'll, I'll give it a try. But Robinson was not in any shape to stand. When the ropes came off, he fell to the floor in a heap. It's no good, Haley. Leave me here. Try to set some of the other guys free. They may be able to help you, but maybe if I rest a while. Solid Snake was reluctant to go, but there were over a dozen other prisoners, if they were alive. He had to find them and set them free. They were his Snakeman brother, his, his comrades in arms. He couldn't leave them to die. Listen, Justin, this is, this is very important. The heat panels, the, the heat panels. Don't try to talk, Chuck. Just, just take it easy. No, 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 y you've got, you've got to listen to me. The heat panels, you, you can't get to the Metal Gear without crossing the, the heat panels. They're, they're terrible, terrible burning. They're, they're, they burn. Chuck's delirious, thought Solid Snake. He needed medical attention badly. Eat the rations! Eat the rations! They, they've got plenty of rations. If you, if you want, make it through or you'll die in the heat panels. Eat the rations! Chuck kept mumbling the same words over and over. His voice weak, but his words were heavy and urgent. Right, good buddy. Will do, said Solid Snake softly. Listen, Chuck, I'm going to leave the door unlocked for you. Try to make it out of here. If you can't, I'll come back and get you after I finish with Metal Gear. Is that a go? Chuck nodded warily. But the heat panels, he said again. Listen to me. You've got to raise your own body temperature. If you want to survive, you've got to eat. I hear you, Chuck. Take care, Solid Snake. Haley nodded grimly. I'll take care, he promised. The key cards opened other doors, in which he found several more Snake Men prisoners. All of them had been tortured, and several of them were unable to speak. It almost broke Justin Haley's heart to see his friends in such condition. He set the men free, promising to return and get them all to safety. Once his mission was complete, that is. So far, none of the rooms had contained any ammunition for his Beretta. He needed weapons to penetrate the inner defenses of Outer Heaven. He had to keep looking. From one of the rooms in Level 3, Solid Snake could sense something seeping from under the door. The odor, bitter and stinging 
was unmistakable to anyone with Haley's training. Poison gas. Haley put on the gas mask. Should he avoid the room or go into it? His sense of survival told him to steer clear of the poison gas, but his logic told him something different. Why would the terrorists bother to gas the room unless there was something of vital importance hidden in there? Solid Snake had to take a risk. Using his keycard, he got to the door and opened it. It was a large room, and at first it appeared to be empty, but as Solid Snake crossed it, wearing his gas mask, the floor suddenly tilted up, sending him lurching backwards, barely able to keep his balance. There was a terrible rumbling sound growing louder and louder. Through the fog of poison gas that filled the room, Solid Snake found it difficult to make out what was happening. Then he saw it. The Death Trap. A huge rolling device, a giant steel pin, eight feet long and weighing 300 pounds, heavy enough to crush a man to his death, detached itself from the wall and came rolling across the sloped floor, coming at him at top speed. Unless it was stopped, in only a few seconds it would smash the life out of Solid Snake. To be continued. Game hint. Avoid surveillance cameras by staying next to the walls. And now, Metal Gear Substance. A look back at chapters 5 and 6. Okay, I get it. The Snake Men are an elite squad of soldiers unlike anybody else we've ever seen. Only the best of the best of the best of the best of the best get through and... And they're all incredibly proud of this achievement. You know how I know this? Because Justin Haley won't shut up about it. He brings it up and he brings up this amazing training in every situation. I mean, hey dude, get over yourself. You know, while, while you were busy spending 30 hours a day training in the, the toughest conditions around, I was busy screwing your mom. Okay, I'll admit, I wasn't very mature. But... Look, I blame the fact that I couldn't get into this elite group of soldiers, so, look, we're even. And why does Solid Snake think Chuck is delusional? Sure, he's hyperventilating and rambling on about stuff, but he's giving good advice. I know if some crazy person ran up to me and demanded that I look out for fire panels, I would sure as heck heed that person's warning. I mean... My goal every day is, is really to avoid fire panels. I, I can't stand it when it's 75 degrees out, so you can only imagine how horrible it would be to be burned alive. And if the solution is for me to eat more, then buddy, you and I, we have an agreement. I won't step on a fire panel and, and, and hell, I'll just continue to eat. Deal. At one point, the author states that Justin's heart is almost broken by the torture of these snake men. Almost? <laughs> Look, nobody thinks your heart is literally broken. We all, we all get that it's a figurative statement saying that you feel horrible for the situation. Saying that you almost feel bad, well, that's terrible. It shows that you have very, very little empathy. Justin. Buddy, 
after you survive the suicide mission and go on to countless sequels, you need to seek some serious help for your problems. Alright gang, that's all I have for you this week. Tune in next week when Solid Snake tries to figure out how not to get crushed by a giant spiked booby trap. See you then!